Please support the Climate Change and Happiness podcast. See the donate page at climatechangeandhappiness.com. The climate is changing at an accelerating pace. Thousands of residents and tourists have been evacuated from the region. No one country can solve this problem. There's really one key message that emerges from this report. We are out of time. Welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, an international podcast that explores the personal side of climate change, your feelings, what the crisis means to you, and how to cope and thrive. And now, your hosts, Thomas Doherty and Panu Pikala. Well, hello, I'm Thomas Doherty. And I am Panu Pikala. And welcome to Climate Change and Happiness. This is our podcast, our show uh, for people around the globe who are thinking and most importantly, feeling, take a breath there, listeners who are feeling deeply about the personal side of climate change, uh, our emotional responses and how this, all these issues sit with us in our lives. Um, and we're, Hanu and I are sitting here at the, at the, toward the end of 2022. And uh, we have a metaphor of we're not personally together. We're drawn together through our technology, but we're we're metaphorically sitting around the fire here, uh, gathering our thoughts about the end of the year. This show is a public conversation uh, about climate feelings, climate emotions, some of our professional and our academic research work, and our guests and people that are exploring this, and also just the personal side. Um, and all you listeners have your own personal side, so we're we're here to talk about talk about some of this and really have a sitting around the fire uh, end of the year energy for ourselves. And uh, as I talk about these, these things, Panu, and what's, what's up for you there in, in Finland near Helsinki at this time of the year? Mm. When I look around uh, from this place sitting next to the fire, I see a lots of snow which is actually a personally a great source of joy. And for many Finns, we are a people accustomed to snow. In Helsinki, which is near to the Baltic Sea, it's always been a bit more irregular than more inland. And now with global warming, it's been getting even more irregular. We even had one winter a couple of years ago when we had practically no snow at all and people were pretty miserable and no cross-country skiing, no going downhill for kids and even the public health impacts are serious mm -hmm. because there's less light and that sort of thing. So, so now there's lots of gladness uh, because of the heavy amount of snow and it's been here since mid-November. Mid but of course, uh, as usual in life, there's also ambiguities. At the same time, we are living this special time when there's the war in Ukraine uh, and energy transition is going strong in, in, in Europe, but still there's uh, going to be lack of electricity in the interwinter and many people in Finland are also afraid of how high the, the cost of their electricity bill will be. Mm. So this nice snowy winter with cold temperatures is also going to bring some trouble here. Mm. So yes, where you are uh, in Finland, this this the this terrible war and conflict in in Ukraine is is very much more present in your daily life mm. for listeners that are not not close to that conflict, um, and it causes does it cause uh, fear and worry in your family? 
Well, the human mind is quite ad- adaptive and uh, springtime was very difficult for many, many Finns. Uh, there was the cumulative impact of the COVID-19 pan- pandemic and then the war became uh, and it evoked lots of national traumas in Finland about the difficult relations with our East East neighbor. There's also been lots of great cultural exchange between Finland and Russia, so I definitely don't want to characterize it only only as, as trouble or rivalry, but there is also the very troublesome history of the Second World War, and we have still people who live through that period, and it's much present in the national psyche, so to speak, so, so that's been causing lots of fear and worry and anxiety. But then as the months go on, people have calm, calmed down and there's been all, all sorts of uh, ac- actions being, being done and so on. So it's on the back of people's minds, of course, and this connects with the major theme in our podcast, the impacts of the climate, climate crisis, because that's also something that's there, at least on the back of our minds, uh, re- regardless of how actively we, we think and feel about it. Yeah, so, you know, we're holding this this podcast, you know, listeners, if you're new, this podcast is our public conversation and also our private, you know, our personal lived experience of, of, of what, are, what we feel about the state of the world. I mean, we focus particularly on climate and environmental issues, but we have these, these meta stressors that all of us are holding, you know, the, the war, the history, humans propensity to be at war with each other and imperialism and fight over re- fights over resources and this whole geopolitical chess match of wars that Europe has been beset with as long as we can see in history and so we're holding space for how war is affecting uh, affecting us like much like climate change you know there's direct you know indirect and emotional impacts of the war in Ukraine I mean it's directly impacting people in, in Ukraine and in Russia and in surrounding areas the carnage, the destruction, the death, the suffering, you know, it's a true disaster on many levels. And then also the indirect ripple effects of that all through the world and how it affects our politics and our own Mm. economy and whether we have heat uh, in the winter, you know, and then the emotional impacts of just sitting from a distance and knowing it's all occurring, even if we, we feel relatively safe and untouched where we are, we're still emotionally we're not we're not untouched emotionally about about all these kinds of things. So, so just, you know, again, the listeners just realizing you're not untouched emotionally. You are touched. Your emotions and, and, and feelings are are activated. You know, your body sensations, all the emotions in your body, and then mm. uh, we're talking about the language uh, for our emotions, our our feeling language. Snow anxiety is another thing for people. Yeah, yeah exactly. This. Um, where- when there's so much uncertainty about whether there's gonna be snow or what's the winter gonna be like, so this snow anxiety or winter longing or winter grief and the Finnish equivalents are something that I've been often discussing both in the in the Finnish Finnish media and in some some international media media also and we've been thinking together with some colleagues that what kind of social practices would we need to encounter these kinds of emotions and feelings. So perhaps some some you know, e- e- events, at least talking about it, 
doing some symbolic actions that goes to the territory of the arts and performance and, and, and ritual and so on. But now we are living in the midst of the snow, so no need for that that, that now. And one, one big dimension of this macro worries or global stressors is of course the threat of nuclear war. And that's something which the war in Ukraine also for, for fortified mm. Mm. strengthened in many people's minds and I, that impact i think extends also beyond europe but it's probably the heaviest in in, in europe mm-hmm. but how, how how about you you thomas what's what's on your mind when you are sitting around this the, the, this fire at the dark time of winter yeah so here in the here in the northern hemisphere it's the dark time so it's there's this 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 great uh Kind of tug of war between wanting to be quiet and 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 to be comfortable and to you know hibernate a little bit and then also the the, the pull towards celebration and the Hanukkah and Christmas and other holidays and um, of course the consumerism and the, all the advertising and the cultural rituals uh, and then also with the positive parts of, of gathering with family and I have I have family members that are coming into into town to literally, you know, staying at my home and coming to see, um, see myself, my daughter's performing in a, in a, in a school, um, Christmas performance the next couple of nights that has the young, all the young people, the, the school band, all the different musicians in the school and the choir and the dancers and artists, all the students put on a, a, a winter festival celebration. That's quite beautiful. Hmm. And so just such such warm, positive feelings about all of that, those kinds of things that are happening all around the world. So just listeners can kind of be thinking about this, again, holding space for our personal lives and then also all this this heavy, heavy stuff with uh, this, this just the tragic um, human actions in, in Ukraine and the threat of nuclear war. And I think this time of the year, People will, because we are going through a transition of a changing global climate, there is loss for what we were used to. There's either winter loss, snow loss, because we're letting go of the snow patterns, particularly people that are mountaineers or skiers or outdoor people. They're letting go of what, what they understand of, 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 of the winters in some ways. And then, of course, there's a summer grief as well for folks in the southern hemisphere. They're as we know in places like Australia with the black summer fires and things the you know summer is not the same either and so we all are we all globally are being stretched mm-hmm. and stressed a little bit and to make to be try to be you know make peace and be comfortable with all these global environmental changes so it just mm-hmm. it seems a little bit um, obvious to say but this is just something to hold space for uh, that we're that we're thinking about and you know coping and things like that um mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely definitely so so and um, different cultures and also subgroups in various cultures will have different things that they held in great regard and significance and which the climate change is then threatening so i totally agree that there's great need for cultural sensitivity and also uh, preferably possibilities for people to 
think about and feel about that how, how does this relate to me and the people close to me and and the local in in mm-hmm. environs and as you say thomas in some parts of the world it's more anxiety related to the summer and not the not, not the winter so that's one one example and i'm thinking also about the discussion we had with charles okumbode and his research of uh, climate change reactions and emotions in Africa, for example. Yeah. yeah. What did you? What did? What do you? What did you take away from our our conversation with Charles? What What are you thinking about? Mm. Well, many many things as uh, as as you usual, and it's fascinating to hear a bit about his perspective on 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 life. But of course, of course, growing in Nigeria and growing up in Finland are quite quite dif- different areas and still t- there can be things in common like uh, appreciating the local natural environments or the forms of the modern human human w- world and so so that always always strikes me the great contextual differences but also uh, that great deal of things we have in common just by being being humans and especially if there's similar value orientations mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this is the this would be the episode that I think will be just previous to this episode for listeners if they're looking. But you know, Charles has studied people's feelings in Africa and East Africa and West Africa about climate change, and really, we we talked a bit about that that relationship between kind of resignation and fatalism. Like I, you know, I cannot do anything about this. I have so many other things to think about. Uh, I can't really take on this global this particular global problem. Uh, but also a sense of deeper resilience that well I'm I'm going to make it through I've made it through these other other problems too um, so all of us I think are balancing that sense of you know resignation and also resilience that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it through you know and again each listener for, of this episode has their own personal story and so just even just knowing that you're not alone like we recognize that you are your your story of being in your in your shoes with your family where you live on the planet you have your story um here in the northern hemisphere we're in this darkening part of the year so we want to kind of come together and be in, inside and think about things um uh you know in, a, in other parts of the globe people are outside it's warmer they're active um they're called into action and things like that yeah ex- ex- exactly and one thing that's been uh, much on my mind lately is that my long-time project of conceptualizing a process model of eco-anxiety and ecological grief finally came out uh, as a journal article in an academic publication. Mm-hmm. Of course, I always try to do those with a style that would be as easily understandable as it can be in an academic publication. And we'll actually talk about that model in one of the forthcoming episodes. So there's very interesting episodes coming up also the next ne- next year. And uh, no, I don't want to go into too much detail now, but in the model there's key dimensions related to action, grieving, and then having a distance. And this having a distance uh, can include both self-care and and avoid avoidance, and I think this is closely related to what you Thomas said about the various contexts. And uh, in some 
some some situations people really have to do also some distancing so it's not not always always evil so to say but it has to be evaluated uh, contextually that what's the uh, resources of the people to respond and what are the conditions both so socially and eco- ecologically so but this idea of self-care and community care is of course something we have been heavily discussing in this podcast also during the, the year and and that's something that you Thomas have been writing about and speaking about for a great number of years so uh, for me that's one of the themes that emerges strongly from also your written work mm-hmm. yeah yeah thanks Panu yeah I mean I think um yeah I'm, I'm really intrigued about your use of the word distance you know in your in your coping model because I think it's a juicy topic for listeners to think about this idea of distance, even in our, I mean, I know here where I am in, in the U S people are often, you know, swept up in the holiday season and there's positive rituals and there's also the consumerism and, and buying things and advertisements. And, um, you know, so the distance can be just, if I can kind of articulate this, all these global things we're talking about at best, we we remain open to them. Our eyes are open to them. We, we're bearing witness to all this stuff. We're not in denial. We're not in denial about about these issues: um, war, nuclear war, the the aggression in Ukraine, the history of colonialism and imperialism in the world, mm. the, our our power grid, and how we rely on fossil fuels, and how that becomes an easy way to for global kind of piracy and power. To take over the fossil fuels and how we have the potential for different, maybe more just and sustainable technologies. So just being aware of all that sort of stuff and keeping our eyes open to it. But then we can look away also to other things. So I think it's the, I think that's the way to think about it is like, okay, I'm, I'm aware of all this troubling things and that's in my sight, but I can also turn my gaze toward other beautiful things as well and my family and my children and i'm not in denial of those other things as it as came up um recently in our in our conversation Mm -hmm. somewhere along the line the whole myth of the ostrich you know that the ostrich has got has their head in the sand Mm -hmm. you know but ostriches don't don't really do that that's a myth you know they don't when they're under threat they either move away or they camouflage themselves but they don't stick their head in the sand, um, you know, that human image we have. But I, ironically, mm. ostriches tend their eggs in underground nests, and when their head is in the sand, it's, it's most likely because they're, they're tending their eggs. And so we do, have to, we do have to focus on our own lives and our own personal health, our own personal health and well-being, our, our children, our family, and mm. that's, a, that's a good place mm. to put our gaze. And it doesn't... It doesn't mean that we're forgetting about all these other things, you know, um, but, you know, at any given moment, you know, and even in the next few weeks, it's going to be most important to put our gaze at, with ourselves and our families and, and on positive, true positive things that are happening, not, and then not uh, necessarily let this, this stuff in the world drain us of our joy. That's true joy. Uh, mm, yeah, ex- exactly. This sort of, Permission to feel joy, ilo lupa would be a Finnish word for that. I think that's a very important topic and mm-hmm. something we touch upon in a conversation with Daniela Molnar and 
very interesting artist and that's gonna come come up on the website also that's that that epi- episode and it also closely related to this topic of feelings of inadequacy which we have uh, discussed a couple of times in the in the podcast because they seem to be so hugely common among people who care about matters and that can become a an obstacle to this kind of sort of healthy distancing that the feelings of inadequacy then became become st- stronger so that could be one uh, hoped for takeaway from this episode which would be to give our, ourselves and each other the permission also to do some healthy distancing and self self care and community care during this this period and and I think this time in the natural world in the northern hemisphere uh, the darkening quarter uh, as Viola Sampson, a, an author of a great essay about this in eco-psychology, put, puts it. And uh, we we could use that also to benefit us because it can allow us uh, to do some inner journeys and you sort of turn turn a bit in inwards from from all the hustle in the in the outer outer world. And hopefully, this time of the seasons would give some some possibilities for for that for as many people as possible but i heard heard thomas you say that in our pre conversation that you were also very literally taking some time time out and uh, a sort of re- re- retreat some time ago yeah yeah panu and i always have a little pre-planning conversation before we record and just you know we just empty our sack of all the things that we're doing and just like you know two friends or colleagues would you know sitting around the fire somewhere it's our model today um and i recently did do a retreat um i have a i have a practice of doing a, a, a like a mindfulness meditation retreat for myself in the early december each year it's very hard to do because of course i'm a parent and i have my all my work and my deadlines and so it really takes a lot of courage and energy to tear myself away for for a weekend to be in a retreat uh, reflective mode, but invariably it helps me to look look out at the world and in, in, with new eyes. Um, and so that's that's part of I think the the potential for this time of the year for people is to take a moment just to look at the world and to to find some new eyes. Um, and it, it's it's quite existential. I think about just humanity and time and our human culture. I've been reading the the Dawn of Everything, the David Graeber book that many mm-hmm. listeners might be aware of, and you know, just thinking in big, big terms about time and society, and um, again, this this display of humanity that we that we're, we're immersed in. So yeah, I think it comes back to that that toggling between bearing witness to this terrible stuff and also bearing witness to the beauty in our lives and our family and our children. Even things like the World Cup, which is happening today or at this time around the world, you know, France and Morocco are playing in the World Cup later later today, um, and that's one of our few global rituals mm. that we have is the World Cup in soccer and uh, football. And um, there's so many levels to that. Mm-hmm. The, the the artistry and the athleticism of the of the football players is just is so striking. Uh, but of course, the intense, intense marketing and consumerism uh, surrounding the World Cup and the and the corruption and 
cutter and just the whole backstory of that. So it's, it's, it's a mess of things, right. That we have to deal with there. And some people, you know, aren't really aware of all that stuff. But I mean, a lot of us are aware of all those different levels. And so we're going to celebrate the, celebrate the, the players and the athleticism and the, and the adventure of those games, uh, and the celebration and joining together and the singing and the camaraderie, uh, and also realize there's there's a lot of other pieces going on there. It's just a lot. Um, it never ends, Panu. You know, uh, the news has all these stories about fusion reactors and quantum computing and all these recent scientific discoveries. And you know, every era there's a new discovery that may or may not be helpful mm-hmm. and, and all this sort of stuff. So we have to sort of keep our eyes on the true, the true justice and fairness in the world and how to how to focus on that. Yeah, what's up? What's up? What else is coming up for you as we kind of chat here? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the World World Cup, uh, I've usually usually watched those, and it's great that humanity comes together. But of course, it's uh, imbued with lots of ambiguities and ethical issues, and the, those those need attention. And especially this year, it's been much more ambivalent than than than, than you, usually and. This is something that then people together must must discuss and make make the decisions and and they are they are often not 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 easy ones easy ones to to make and speaking of the sort of dawn of of everything type type of things and the and the source this time I've been fascinated by this uh, new documentary about uh, ancient cul- cultures and once again reminded of how many of them very old structures of humanity are built as calendars linked with the cycle of the of, of the sun, sun and the annual, annual year so this is something that, that really goes deep to the roots of, of civilization and I think it's also a profound statement to the connections between humans and the modern modern human world and definitely during this the dark time in the northern hemisphere this must have been lots of watching of the stars also during this this time of the year and this is of course something very poignant in relation to electricity and also also global warming and other ecological issues so so that's some some counterculture that i think we really would need to also have actual Actual fires and and going out on the dark dark evenings and nights to take a look at the starry starry sky. Yeah, yeah, that's a great connection um, with our ancient. Yeah, all the all the ancient cultures we know: Newgrange, Stonehenge, uh, the Aztecs. You know, all around the world, these 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 cultural calendars um, it's tracking. Yeah, so the solstice is coming up here soon in the northern hemisphere. I do encourage listeners to, within all the things that are going on, and one of the heart of this season is celebrating the solstice time, either the either the summer solstice in the south or the or the winter solstice in the north. And uh, you know, I know myself, uh, my family, and uh, we we have a solstice gathering, very simple solstice celebration every year that I would would encourage listeners to to think about, where we we go outside in our yard and we have a fire and. We stand in a circle and have candles, and um, you know we reflect on the on the end of the year. Um, 
we blow out our candles and let it be dark for a moment and then we light candle from the from the fire um and then in turn everyone lights each other's candle going around the circle it's this very simple ritual but it helps us to sort of recognize the end of the old year and the beginning of the new year and i know for me as soon as i do that it helps the whole christmas thing to make more sense for myself and to and all the marketing and things just goes away and i realize there's a true core so i've been able to find a true core of the of that time of the year that's very authentic um very simple very authentic it doesn't cost a lot of money it just is very analog you know it's very human uh it's not you know so i encourage people to find some some moments of analog which i mean not digital not on a computer you know being out in nature with your head under the stars and feeling the air on your skin mm-hmm. um, um even taking a long walk or being outdoors can be really helpful for our bodies at this time of the year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so so a lot of it is coping you know healthy as always healthy coping for each season of our lives mm-hmm. yeah that's a nice phrase seasons of our, our, our lives linked with this natural natural seasons and good to hear about this ritual of solstice we haven't spoken about that that ever and mm-hmm. that goes into the category of ritual imagination and creativity and i think that's one of the crucial skills for us in this ambivalent time that we are we are living and uh, i'd like to share share a quote from this uh, essay the darker meaning quarter by viola samson which is from a book called vital science psychological responses to ecological crisis edited by mary jane rust and nick totton so here it is And so I begin to see that this darkening quarter of the year is a journey of fullness and expanding into the darkness. It is an opportunity to stay present to the darkness within and without and not shrink from the cold or the world's grief. It is an opportunity to inhabit the greater darkness of the earth, allowing its shadow to imbibe me and draw me inwards and downwards into my roots. Mm, it's a very nice quote, and we can put that in our show notes. You know, yeah, different things that draw us down to our roots. That's a good takeaway for us and for the listeners. You know, what's what's going to draw you healthily in a healthy way down to your roots here in this particular season? And I want to thank everyone for joining us on our journey this year i know we have regular listeners around the world i hear from people um that have 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 come you know along the journey with us now uh in all of our episodes over 20 episodes that we've done over the course of of 2022 this is the end of our first year uh in this project so i really thank the listeners who have supported us And you know you can find us at climatechangeandhappiness.com, our website where you can find descriptions of all our our previous episodes and links, and you can find us uh, on Patreon. And we do need support uh, to make this project happen. This is an all volunteer effort, and we need support to pay our our very gifted intern. And ideally, we would have support to uh, compensate our guests that come and give up their time and, and and support for the technology and things like that. So, so at, at, at people's end of the year giving, think about supporting our podcast among other things in your life. Uh, and, uh, 
Panu, what's going to happen here in a little bit as after we sign off? Mm. Yeah, it's a dark, snowy evening in Helsinki, and the boys will soon be home for their, from their hobbies, and the academic year is getting close to its end. So one more week of, of work and, and going over some essays by students. I do some teaching, mostly research. So that's on my agenda before taking a break from, from the computers during during Christmas and, and, and New Year. And uh, how about you, Thomas? What's, what's up? Well, like a lot of listeners, um, I have guests in my home and I have my 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 mother-in-law my late wife's um, uh, mother is visiting and we have family and we're going to watch my daughter in a performance among all of her fellow students this evening and so i'm really i'm also one of my jobs today is to be a dad and to and to hold space for my 15 year old daughter who's nervous about her big dance performance and really just have joy in the in the beauty of all these young people and all their talents and i'm going to root uh for the for may the best team win in the World Cup uh, match uh, today, and I have my own heavy journey of writing and things that I'm trying to do and create, which I'll try to put some time to today. So I feel like I've done my my work, my daily work. Um, yeah, so I wish that for all of us that you can get your daily duties done and also find some joy. So our theme, one of our themes today, was permission permission to uh to permission to find some joy at this time of the year and that doesn't doesn't mean that you're burying your head in the sand uh, it is it is truly there's some beautiful things in the world to, to be thankful for at this time of the year so take care of yourself Panu. you too thomas and thanks all the listeners for this and do take care take care everyone we'll talk to you at the, in the new year and you all have good holidays uh, however you celebrate them Climate Change and Happiness podcast is a self-funded volunteer effort. Please support us so we can keep bringing you messages of coping and thriving. See the donate page at climatechangeandhappiness.com.